Hi, I'm Leslie Parmeter from Kleinman Performance Partners, and I welcome you to the Kleinman Connect podcast, where we share valuable insights from the eye care business world with optometrist owners and staff members to help address challenges, achieve their goals, and transform their practice. In today's episode, I'm joined by two married Kleinman alums, Drs. Andy and Liz Howard, optometrists and former owners of La Follette Eye Clinic in Jacksboro, Tennessee. Welcome. I'm so glad you can both join us today. Thank you so much. We are very glad to be here. Thank you. So today we're going to focus on the topic of exit planning for optometrist practice owners and provide some insight into that process since you both have been through that with us. And first, we're going to provide some background on you for our listeners. You joined Climbing Performance Partners back in November of 2006 and remained with us until you sold your practice to a private equity firm in 2021. Now, along the way, you had staff participate in frameworks and management works. Andy, do you feel like what you learned over the years as a Kleinman member helped give you any advantages when it came time to sell your practice and all that's involved in that process? So the answer to that is a resounding yes. And it's so hard to point to just one thing when you've got nearly two decades of experience with the Kleinman organization. But I think if I had to pick one thing that was consistent over the years, It was the way that the Kleinman team teaches practice owners the systems that are required to run the business and how to implement those systems. So, for example, with frameworks, it taught our opticians how to systematize inventory and purchasing of frames. Management works taught our leadership team how to systematize management So not only was I learning new systems and how to implement them, but the team was learning how to implement new systems. So even though selling is very different from starting or buying or building a practice, like the rest of those things, selling is also very systematic. So once you have your mind wrapped around how systems works, then applying that knowledge to selling was an incredible advantage. Now, another advantage, of course, is that when you focus on building your business for all of the years that you own it, it will be far more valuable when you decide to sell it. So that's probably the more obvious one. But yes, both of those things. And Andy, both you and Liz understand, after having gone through the sale of your practice, that there's a considerable amount of preparation that goes into exit planning. Here at Kleinman, we recommend that practice owners start planning about 10 years before they actually want to retire because of all that's involved. And we'll touch on those key points with you during the course of our conversation today. But one key factor in preparing for a sale is that it's important that your team is strategically ready for that transition. Do you feel like your team was ready when you decided to sell or did you have work to do in that area? I think I also answer that question with a yes, although the team was ready in a way. So one thing to keep in mind 
is that when an OD owner contemplates selling their practice, they don't necessarily want to announce those thoughts to the team right away. And there are a number of reasons for that. And one of the most obvious is that you may have key team members who decide, I like Dr. X, but I'm not sure I'm going to like owner Y. And maybe it's time for me to find something new. And then all of a sudden, before you've decided that you're going to make this move, you have other people making moves out of the practice. And that not only makes things more difficult for you, but it can, depending on the people, devalue the practice. And we were advised this. This is one of the many things that we did not know about selling a practice. And it depends on your buyer, but we signed a non-disclosure agreement, which included our team. And that agreement stated that the buyer was going to be the one to decide when it was appropriate to tell the team. But that being said, one thing that my Kleinman membership prepared my team for over the years was change. And it was kind of a running gag early in the game when I, you know, I would come home from a weekend of Kleinman meetings and the staff would roll their eyes and they'd say, oh, he's been to a meeting. Here we go again. <laughs> right. That's funny. Um, but after a while, especially once I was able to start involving them in weekends as well, they would be excited. And then they would say, hey, this is a great system. This, this works much better than what we're doing now. Let's get into implementing this. And then after so many years of, uh, I guess, what you would call change training, they had a foundation on which we could build. And the proof was when the pandemic happened. I mean, what, what bigger change did any of our practices undergo than the pandemic? Yeah, right. And I don't have to tell any of the listeners what kind of effect that had on practices. But the team that I had in place and the way they had navigated change over the years helped them to step into the difficulties that we had during the pandemic. And they really helped me navigate it. It was a terribly challenging time, but I was so proud of the team and how they pulled us through. So once we made the official announcement, although the team was surprised, they set to work in as professional and effective a manner as they had been able to do through the other changes. That's very impressive. And I bet you really appreciated that at that time. Absolutely. So now we turn our thoughts to another part of a good exit strategy, and that's making sure that the building where your practice is located is in good shape, along with all the equipment in the practice. In your case, you built a beautiful new practice in 2014, which was ultimately named one of America's finest retailers by Envision Magazine in 2015. Did you both have retirement in mind when you built that, or were you focused on the growth of your practice at that time? We'll start with your thoughts on this, Andy, and then hear from Liz. You know, I think it was a little bit of both. I'll tell you an interesting moment that sticks out in my mind, and it was a few years before we sold our practice, and I think it was even before we had made the decision completely but we attended a practice transitions conference that was put on by the Kleinman team. 
And one of the speakers had an interesting question, and he asked for a show of hands of how many of the doctors in attendance were thinking about selling their practice. And a certain fraction of hands went up, maybe a third. And he said that in reality, every hand in the room should have gone up because you should always be thinking about your practice. And interestingly, the experience that we had when we were looking for a practice to buy kind of set us up for that. As soon as we bought our practice in 2002, we remodeled the building as soon as we bought it. And we did it again a few years later. So even back then, we had an idea that the building might help facilitate our retirement in the form of growth. And having looked at other practices to buy gave us that idea because the practices that we did not buy all had a feeling of this person has just been churning through optometry for years without paying any attention to upgrading the facility, upgrading the team, upgrading their systems. Uh, and I didn't understand all this at the time, but both of us just had a a gut feeling that said, this is somebody who has not had this point in time in mind because they're at this point where they're trying to sell the practice. And it's a bit of a dud. And we would just pass it up and go on to another. So absolutely building the building had, you know, maybe not 100%, but retirement was in the back of our minds for sure. And what are your thoughts on this, Liz? Yeah. So just to give you a little background in the location that we were in prior to building our current building, you know, had some disadvantages. It wasn't a roadfront property. It was kind of behind a restaurant. Wasn't very bright. We kind of joked and said, we work in a cave. Yeah, right. And so, you know, we did have a dream and a desire to provide the community with a beautiful, functional place that was just happy to be in and happy to come to as a result of this. And because we did have retirement in mind, we weren't retiring that day. And so, you know, we did also want to concentrate on growth as well. You know, because of building that facility, we were able to hire another doctor that was able to start right after we opened the doors. Immediately, that growth took place, even if that was maybe a little bit more of a short-term goal as opposed to retirement being long-term, it was still something that we were able to realize. You know, I think it is sort of a, it was a dual focus. It was both growth and it was also for a transition into retirement. Thank you, Liz. Now, Andy, there are plenty of practice owners who decide to sell their practice themselves without hiring anyone to help them navigate that process. And I'm sure you can attest that there is quite a bit of documentation involved when it comes to selling a practice. You decided to partner with Kleiman Performance Partners when you were ready to sell. How did you arrive at that decision? And looking back on all, any regrets? Are you glad you had them help you through it? What are your thoughts on that? When I look back on the process and that there is so much documentation and there is so much to know about selling a business, I consider myself an experienced business person, but I really doubt I could have done it by myself. And like you said, there are plenty that decide to do so. Maybe I could have walked us through it, but perhaps the result would not necessarily have been nearly as good a result as we have now. I think some of the things that helped us to decide to come to the climbing team, one is 
you know, I've known Al Kleinman for so many years. I joke that the first time I met Al and heard what he had to say, I clung to him like a drowning victim, you know, because we're doing business and we don't know what we're doing. But that turned into a business relationship. And of course, over the years, that turned into a friendship. And I've known Al for so long. It was almost a no-brainer because not only did I know him as a friend, but I knew his business acumen. But I know for listeners thinking about selling and more importantly, thinking about saying, hey, Kleinman team, I need some help with this. That's not going to help them if they don't know Al personally. So right, exactly. what else is it that helped us decide? Uh, one thing was that as we worked in the industry over the years, you know, it would very often come up hey, business owner, what are you doing to advance your business and to grow and move forward? And of course, the Kleinman organization would always come up in conversation. And I had experts in different industries who happened to know Al and his work. And in the course of conversation, talking about all the things that the Kleinman team does, I got very, very high recommendations from experts in other industries who said, boy, the Kleinman team is great at so many things, but the thing they're best at is practice transitions. So uh, that was, I guess, what you would call social proof. You know, those were the five-star reviews or five-star reviews became a thing. And then as far as how we arrived at the decision to sell, I go back to the Practice Transitions conference that I mentioned earlier. And when Al spoke during that conference, he asked the question of the doctors in attendance. He said, what do you really, really, really want? And the point of that question was to dig down deep and figure out what it is that you actually wanted out of your career he said, for example, some doctors who do not own practices want the benefits of ownership and therefore buy a practice without understanding that you can have many of those benefits without actually owning a practice. So do you really want to own a practice or do you just want some of these benefits and is there a better way to get them than ownership? On the other side of that same coin, there were doctors who wanted to sell their practice because there were certain things that they wanted out of that that they probably could have accomplished without actually having to sell their practice. So Liz and I took that to heart and we actually held a Kleinman-like retreat, just the two of us. You know, we left town, we got a hotel in a different city and we you know, rented a conference room and we had the easels and everything that you do when you write down stuff at conferences. And we answered that question and we dug really, really deep to answer the question, what is it that we really, really, really wanted? And through the course of the weekend, that's how we decided that it was time. So again, even the techniques that I learned in just your average climbing weekend helped us to arrive at a really big decision in our lives. Nice job. Now, related to that, is there anything specific that you found very helpful through working with climbing when it came to exit planning? I did. So, you know, we may talk a lot about doctors needing help, but I think the thing about the Kleinman team that stands out in my mind was just their availability and their professionalism. At the end of my phone or my email, there was always someone who could answer questions and there were a lot of questions. And they were so available and so professional. And I always found an answer, even if the person I asked initially wasn't the right person, they knew right away, you know, whose desk we're going to put this on is, is this person over here, because they will know exactly what to do in the situation. You know, along with all of the other wonderful ways the Kleinman team helped me, just the fact that they were always there and ready to help was just something that uh, I couldn't have done without. 
piggybacking off of that, Andy, do you have anything to say to OD owners who are considering selling their practice on their own? I do. If you are thinking of selling your practice on your own, you need professional help. (laughs) I mean that both ways, Uh right? So I do want to say something. So this is a term that was new to me several years ago, and this may be something that your listeners aren't thinking about. And the term is opportunity cost. So opportunity cost refers to in decision making. It's very easy for us to look at what a decision costs. A very easy example is, let's say a doctor is thinking about buying an OCT for their business. And let's say, that's been a few years since I bought one, but let's say it's $70,000. And so it's very easy to look at that piece of equipment and say, well, I know what that's costing me. That's going to cost me $70,000. And right there is enough to turn a lot of optometrists off the concept. But the opportunity cost says, what is it going to cost me if I don't get it? What it's going to cost you if you don't get it sometimes uh, is more than what it's going to cost you if you do. So, for example, with an OCT, it will cost you the amount of production that the OCT will generate over the life of the equipment. Uh, So that's going to more than likely be more than $70,000. Maybe another thing that it's going to cost you is better care for your patients. If you don't have this piece of equipment, what is it about your patient's eye health that you're missing? So take that concept and let's enlarge it a little bit to selling your house. And there's a lot of for sale by owners out there and they think, hey, I'm going to save myself the real estate commission and I'm going to do this myself. But a good real estate agent is going to come in and say, hey, here are some things you need to change about your house. Easy things. And if we change them, you can ask this much more for the house. And then even after you pay that commission, you've made more because the real estate agent has made your house more valuable. Now, if you are thinking about selling your practice on your own, step back and think for a moment that this is likely, unless you're a serial entrepreneur, this is likely the biggest thing you're going to sell in your life. And what is it that you're missing that is devaluing your practice that is really going to hurt you? Or more to the point, what is your opportunity cost? What is it going to cost you not to get help? And that would be the thing I would say to somebody considering selling by themselves. You know, Andy, that makes all the sense in the world, and it immediately brings to my mind the phrase, you don't know what you don't know. That's right. Your turn now, Liz. What has life been like since closing on the sale of your practice? I know you both are still working as optometrists in that same practice. Is it easier now that you are only wearing the hat of an employee, or did a lot of things change in the practice when operations were turned over to the new owner? Tell us about that. So it's been almost two years. And during that period of time, there have been some challenges and there have been some positive things. I mean, quite honestly, at first, the first few months were pretty chaotic. There were new people to work with, not necessarily within our practice, but within this larger company that we were now with. There were new computer systems, new software to learn, new jargon that on a day-to-day basis, we just weren't used to saying. And even not necessarily new metrics, but maybe a new way to look at the metrics that we had always looked at before. Probably one of the biggest changes is helping our team understand that we were no longer the top of the ladder. Yeah, sure. So those were all challenging 
I mean, it, it was exciting, but let's face it, it, it was stressful too. But as we began to get used to those things and we learned to adapt, you know, we found that a lot of difficult situations that we had faced in the past were not ours anymore to deal with, you know? Yeah, right. I bet that was a big relief. No more figuring out inventory, no more figuring out ordering, no more having to deal with HR less and less interaction with insurance companies. And, you know, we simply got to step into the role of seeing patients and being optometrist. And so it was a transition. You know, we had to learn a new company, but we had to learn to let go of an old company. Yeah, sure. So yes, it was a little bit of both, but I feel like the waters are a little smoother now. (laughs) I have to imagine you experienced a new sense of freedom as the non-decision makers at that point. Absolutely. Yes, definitely a lot more freedom, freedom to um, maybe walk away at the end of the day without maybe staying another hour or two or not having conversations on Saturdays or evenings or planning things behind the scenes that people don't realize business owners really do have to do and deal with. So yes, that freedom is definitely worth it all. (laughs) When we have a day off, we don't spend it at the practice anymore. (laughs) Imagine that. Yeah, imagine that. Now to wrap things up, if you could go back in time and meet up with your newly graduated from optometry school self, What career advice would you give him or her? Andy, we'll start with you. Find Alan Kleinman sooner. (laughs) (laughs) So I say that only partly in jest. I remember being a new optometrist. We're all the same. We're all bright. We're all eager. But schooling is not very collaborative. By design, you have to do everything yourself. You need to learn it, okay? But the problem with going through a school like that is that you get out of school thinking, I am very smart. I can do it all myself. And you said it earlier. You said you don't know what you don't know. And for the listeners who don't know where that comes from, imagine a pie chart and there is a little sliver of pie and these are things you know and there is another little sliver of pie and these are things that you know you don't know and the entire rest of the pie that's the stuff that you don't know you don't know and the school of experience has taught me that outcomes have always been better when I sought the help of someone who was an expert in their field. And uh, Al Kleinman is tops and my hat is off to him. And then of course the bonus over the years is that when you are with people who are like-minded and going in the right direction and have the same goals, you develop some incredible friendships and relationships that money can't buy. Yeah, well said. So I think that's what I would tell myself. And Liz, what would you tell yourself fresh out of optometry school? I would say, similar to what we talked about, you don't know everything and that's okay. You're going to learn. You're going to do the best you can one patient at a time. And somehow, some way, that's how you're going to build a successful career. Well, Andy and Liz, I want to thank you both for this insightful and open conversation about your optometry practice exit journey. And I wish both of you the very best as you continue toward retirement. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much. To summarize what we discussed in today's podcast, 
Planning your exit journey around 10 years in advance of when you wish to retire is a great way to give yourself plenty of time to make sure that everything you need to get done gets done and therefore reduces stress related to trying to cram in too many associated tasks within a small window of time. If your current practice building or buildings are not up to date along with the equipment, start investing back into your practice to attract future buyers. Exit planning is a complex journey and you may want to consider hiring an expert to help you so that you get the most possible when it comes time to sell your practice. You can learn all you need to know about exit planning at the Practice Transitions Conference brought to you by Kleinman Performance Partners coming up November 11th at the Gaylord Opryland Resort in Nashville, Tennessee. This event is free, but seating is limited. Learn more and register at Kleinman.com. We hope this podcast was helpful to you, and we have a treasure trove of resources for our optometric practice partners at KleinmanConnect.com. If you're not a member and you would like to know more about us and all kinds of valuable information, including exit planning, visit us at Kleinman.com. I look forward to connecting with you again next month for our next Kleinman Connect podcast, always on the first Wednesday of each month. Remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify so you don't miss an episode. Catch you next time.